This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a programme about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Hey, yeah, that's right, Lincoln A to Z here on Siren 107.3 FM. I'm Paul Tyler, and the man the other side of the desk who knows Bono's real name but doesn't know the edges, it's Johnny Hoare. Hello there. Hello, Johnny. Uh, so, Johnny, come on, let us know what grid we're visiting in this episode. Hi, I'm Sharon Stevenson. I do the Drive Time Show on Friday evenings. I've lived in Lincoln for 14 years, and Lincoln is historic. J3. Another one in the middle of Lincoln Nowhere. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. J3. Uh, okay, right, so you're listening to Lincoln A to Z here on Siren FM. Uh, Johnny and I go around and uh, we, uh, we've we randomly selected some grids. Joe Public have randomly selected some grids for us uh, to go and investigate. 52 in all, so there'll be 52 programmes. And uh, J3 has been selected by Joe or Johnny Public uh, this week. Johnny, what is inside J3? J3 is essentially Burton-by-Lincoln, which is a little village just slightly to the north of Lincoln. You go over the Burton Road Bridge, over the, the new road, the bypass, <laughs> the new road. and down a very steep hill, and you find yourself there, and it's a little hamlet of very expensive and very exclusive houses. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll get uh, get more into that uh, as as we uh, as we go in, in, into the visit. Uh, you can contact us if you know anything about Burton by Lincoln. I mean, even the fact that it's Burton by Lincoln, everyone just says Burton, don't they? Really? Uh, so uh, just just that, you know, I already. I'm learning. Uh, Burton by Lincoln, if you know anything, contact us. Uh, Lincoln A to Z at sirenonline.co.uk is the email. And that's open uh, not just now, for all grids, all the time. Uh, have a look at the website uh, and uh, email us. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. And, of course, we're on Twitter. Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. And then there's our website. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. Uh, and we'd really love to hear from you. Not like those uh, people in, uh, say, Media City or back down there in London who, who say that and they don't want to hear from you we actually want to hear from you so uh, please do get involved now it's time to visit the j3 grid now and uh, just to set the scene uh, johnny and i had cycled well at least a mile so we needed to stop off and eat a pork product uh, have a drink and uh, we rather wonderfully watched some others exercising really rather harder now in our our j3 grid and um it, feel, it feels good right in the countryside, and it feels good to be now actually sort of. I feel a bit freer out in the countryside, uh, and we've we've plunked ourselves. One one thing we uh, we always wanted to do and make this about as, uh, as as my newfound passion for cycling hit after the Olympics. Uh, I bought myself a racing bike, uh, and, and I've been out. And this morning, I took the long route uh, around to producer Johnny's house uh, when I called for him, see if he's coming out to play. And um, I took the long route, and I remembered at that point uh, why 
why or, or where the inspiration and the idea from Lincoln A to Z came from. Uh, and it was it was cycling out on a lovely day and, and sort of uh, doing something you don't do in a car or a train. And that's sort of taking a lot of notice of, of your surroundings uh, and the area. And uh, one thing that's happening through uh, our J3 grid today, Burton Village, um, is a cycling event. And what we've seen this morning is already we've seen about 20 or 30 uh, people coming past on racing bikes uh, with various stages of fitness. It has to be said, uh, there's a lot of Lycra going on. Uh, these are known as Lycra bikers, uh, I found out when I was in a bike shop the other day. Yeah, they're, they're very much the pros and we're, well, we're not really even amateurs I and mean, we're just kind of playing at it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased to see the amount of cycling that's going on and, and as you kind of alluded to there, it's, it's possibly related to the, the Olympics effect, the, the Wiggins effect. There are a lot more people out on bikes, but I do wonder how many of these people actually use their bikes just for actual normal life. Is, is it just something they do on a Sunday when they're racing? Or do they actually go to the shops on their bikes as well? Are, are, they, are they just kind of weekend cyclists? I would think, I would, from my experience, I think these people commute, they would have a separate commuting bike as well. There's an element of it I'm not that keen on in that there's a little bit of posiness about it. You know, it's a bit like the, the amount that some of these bikes cost and the amount that some of the equipment costs. It's a bit like, oh, look what I've got. It's a bit like somebody buying a, a Ferrari or something. It's all about showing what they've got to some extent. And then in those Lycra shorts, they really are showing what they've got. So we've, uh, right, in, right in the heart of the grid, we've... Uh... We've parked our bikes up and uh, we've left the uh, the cycle race behind us. And uh, I, I knew when this one got pulled out, uh, Burton Village, that I was I was going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy being here. Um, I mean, it's absolutely lovely. It's a perfect spring day, and a two minute cycle ride from where we uh, where, where we've left the city um, is is something really quite idyllic. Something you might find. Or, or find a lot of in Oxfordshire, <laughs> um, and uh, we're just walking up uh, up, a, up a lane and uh, a cattle grid. Straight away, that tells you you're in the countryside, and the cattle grid covers a driveway that has to be said I can't even see the house. Um, it's a long old driveway. And one one thing that us city dwellers rarely see, and uh, both our eyes just lit up, didn't we, when we saw this, is a stile. Um, uh, we, we're just climbing over this and, and getting around it is a prickly bush on one side and a barbed wire fence on the other and the style itself is uh, completely unkempt it needs a great big nail through that just to uh, sort it out and attach it to the bottom bit of wood but I think it's there perhaps to, <laughs> to, to keep people like us out <laughs> yeah I imagine as, as city, city dwellers we see that and we think oh lovely a style I imagine the farmer who owns this field probably hates it because it means Presumably that there's a public right of way, uh, at least around the edge of his field, and, and so he has to leave that style there. But I'm, I'm sure he'd rather that, uh, you know, city boys weren't walking all over his fields. Yeah, we'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone. I mean, there's, uh, there's nothing curious to be had out of that. It's just a field with lots of... Those birds are pecking his seeds anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! And one thing, uh, one thing we've noticed, and we don't want this grid to become all about these uh, these cyclists that are whizzing past us all day, uh, but we've noticed like uh, a lot of disregarded uh, energy gel uh, packs uh, down here, just in the in the space of about thirty or forty yards. Um, I've seen about three or four of these, and, and, and someone's chucked a Lucasaid bottle down the side of the road as well. Now, I think that's all very fine when you've got an event like on in London or something like that, and you see these people and they're going for medals. Um, but uh, I, I hope someone's coming around and clearing up after this. But another thing that strikes me is that they're climbing up out of this hill, out of this village, which has to be said has got a very large gradient on it. And uh, I think that we've come grossly underprepared. We're definitely going to need... Uh, 
some of this energy gel uh, to get out of here. Otherwise, we might have to spend the rest of our lives here. And, uh, well, I'm not so sure that would be a bad thing. Okay, so, so two production points I want, I want to point out here, Johnny. You've got to stop me saying it has to be said. Okay. Okay. That's you know it's one of these phrases where people say, "Oh, at the end of the day," you know, and all those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, I noticed here just in the in that very short space of time, it has to be said. I said it has to be said a lot. Right. <laughs> it okay, has to be so, said. You do say it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, I'd I'd like you to produce me on that. Okay. And uh, perhaps give me a clip around the ear if I ever say it again. Right. Okay. Uh, and also stop me sniffing <laughs> as well. It was I, I perhaps had a let, let's say I was I had a cold or a runny nose that day, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Out of that and our unprofessional atmosphere, um, Burton by Lincoln. Um, what do you think? Well, I I'd say I I wasn't that keen. Uh, I mean, you know my views. A village that doesn't have a shop and a pub mm-hmm. shouldn't be allowed to be called a village. It should the name village should be like a protected thing. You know, like Cornish pasties. <laughs> you should have to have a shop and a pub, otherwise you have to call yourself a hamlet or something. A hamlet. I love that. I love. Yeah, but I like the well, word hamlet. Is quite nice. Yeah, I, like I mean, hamlet, hamlet is a better name for what this was really. But I've, what surprised me when we were there is how much you liked it. Because I, <laughs> I, know. I, I kind of, I feel like I have a, a, an idea of your outlook on the world, mm-hmm, your, yep. your views on life, Absolutely. your kind of your vaguely lefty leanings, I guess yeah, you might yeah, call yeah, them. Yeah, your, yeah, I, I stand by that. Absolutely, your dislike of snobbery mm-hmm. and an elitism. <laughs> yeah. And yet here we were in the poshest place we've been, probably the poshest place in the Lincoln area, with all these massively expensive, exclusive houses with big uh, gates and yep. keep mm-hmm. out signs. Yep. <laughs> and I thought you'd hate it, and actually you absolutely loved it. You were simpering over it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I absolutely crumbled. Now, I've driven through there a few times, uh, and I always knew I liked it. And there's one, there's a, there's a beautiful hedgerow through there. Uh, listen to me, I've changed. And uh, <laughs> you'll tell me when I've changed, won't you? Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I cooed at it, and I, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I think as, as we'll come in later, there's a manor house that, 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 that we see and walk past. Uh, and it's just, the, it's just the kind of place that I... I, uh, I kind of, I don't know about aspiring to because I, I, I've only just moved out of a city uh, and I, I struggled to move out of a city and I'm still struggling to live in the suburbs. So I, I, I wouldn't manage Burton by Lincoln very well. And like you say, the lack of a, a shop and a pub would, uh, well, it'd be, it'd be like chopping off a limb, wouldn't it? But it, it, there's something about it. There's a, there's a, there's a romance about it that, uh, that I, I went all gooey for. I've got to tell you. You did. It's, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful village. There's no denying mm-hmm. that. And they've all got these great long sweeping lawns and driveways. And yeah, your your left wing credentials just went straight out the window. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I sold my soul uh, <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight away. I mean, had those six numbers come up the weekend. I, do you know what? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. No. Uh, I wouldn't. Well, maybe not. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. And uh, now it's time for Joe Hughes at the Lincolnshire Archive to let us know the history of our J3 grid square. The village around this grid square has a history which goes back at least to the year 200 AD, when an unknown Roman decided to build his villa near here, well connected to the new Lincoln to York Road, at a commutable distance to the city of Lindham Colonia and all its attractions, yet surrounded by open air, long views across the Trent Valley, good arable land and fresh water supplies from the springs that line the Lincoln Cliff. He built a house with all the usual Roman mod cons like underfloor heating and plumbing and decorated with the latest interior designs, mosaic flooring and plaster wall paintings. I sound like an estate agent. Coming forward through time, we see the first documentary reference to Burton in Doomsday Book by the Normans, although the place name itself shows how the Danish and Vikings were in the area in the 9th century, long enough to give it a name referring to a fortified place, a borough, by a farm, Tun. 
although the fortification, wherever it was, has long since gone, and the farms have changed somewhat, is a name which has stuck. The medieval period is represented too, with earthworks of the earlier village, and the village church of St Vincent, a Spanish saint who was martyred in AD 304. Doomsday mentions a church on this site in 1068, although the church registers we hold at the Lincoln Archives are far more recent, well, starting from 1558 anyway. Essex House, just to the right of our grid square down Manor Lane, is said to be one of the oldest buildings left in the village, dating from the 1600s. There's also some evidence to suggest that it used to be a pub known as the Three Tons. But the majority of building in this grid square and the rest of the village leave you in no doubt that this is an estate village, getting its present character in the 18th century, when Sir John Munson was created Baron Munson of Burton in 1728. The old Tudor house which still existed at the time was converted into a family home fit for the Munsons, and for 200 years the village life was inextricably linked with the Munson family and its fortunes. A look at some of the houses in this grid square reveal how they once related to the running of the Munson estate. Some still have plaques or the Munson coats of arms on them. Some have names which relate to their former domestic use, such as a granary, forge, coach house, kennels. Don't forget Burton was the home of the famous Burton Hunt for many years. A distinct feature of our grid square is the low limestone wall covered with a closely clipped yew hedge and the high red brick wall of the hall's kitchen garden. There used to be a circular walk from the hall to the south of our grid square through the village across to the kitchen garden, a route which, according to Burton legend, one Lady Munson used to walk every day to collect fresh fruit. Until recently, this memory was preserved in the nearby property's name of Milady's Walk. The first thing that struck me about this grid square was how the road through it takes four 90-degree turns. This must be a relatively recent road, as it's probably a diversion put in place to make sure the road through the village, with all its attendant traffic of people, carts and livestock, avoided the tranquillity of the newly created Burton Hall Parkland in the 18th century. It's quite an eloquent reminder of the early relationship between the lords of the manor and their workers, living cheek by jowl and mutually dependent, but with social boundaries clearly drawn out on the ground and an appropriate distance maintained. There are a couple of 19th century wellheads with the monogram of M for Munson, reminders of the abundant freshwater springs which can be found the length of the Lincoln Ridge or Cliff. Speaking of which, do you call it the edge, the cliff or the ridge? My youngest thought I was silly calling it the Lincoln Cliff because, as he informed me with great authority, you only get a cliff by the sea. I came back with the fact that millions of years ago, huge glaciers containing great boulders washed down from Scotland had scraped away at the limestone ridge when it once looked out over a frozen inland sea, hence cliff. It's great to win an argument with a six-year-old. Anyhow, Burton is as picturesque a place to live now as it probably was for that Roman and his family all those years ago. Great stuff. Uh, we're absolutely indebted to Jo. Uh, I mean, she could make a, her own programme uh, with this and all the work she puts into it. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. And she's right, it is brilliant to win uh, arguments with uh, with younger children. I, uh, I thrashed uh, our eldest at Monopoly this week and boy, it feels good. Lincoln, A to Z, J3. OK, back to the uh, J3 grid now and Burton by Lincoln, where it, it has to be said, I'm loving it. And Johnny less so. So I've, I've driven through uh, this place. Probably you, you usually get sort of diverted through here, maybe if the bypass is closed, uh, or the, well, the new road, as we like to call it. Um, and you always drive through it and you think, oh, wow, that looks nice. Uh, but uh, this is the first time you've been here for a long time, isn't it, Johnny? I mean, what's your first impression of Burton Village? Um, it's, it's very nice. I mean, we're, we're here on a lovely sunny day, which, of course, helps. The, the birds are tweeting in the sky, the sun shines out. It does strike me we're on uh, what's called Main Street at the moment, and there doesn't seem to be an awful lot here. 
you know, I'm, I'm yet to see a shop or a pub. Um, and, you know, you, you know our views on, on that. Any, any village that doesn't have a shop and certainly not a pub isn't really worth its salt, is it? Uh, no, no, I know what you're saying, but there are people, there are people in this crazy old world of ours that, that are quite like that. And I'm talking especially about Sudbrook. And you, yeah, I think, you know, you know I'm not looking forward to going to Sudbrook. Um, the places where, where people really like to, to measure your hedges and that kind of thing and, and make sure there's no shop for, for, for kids to hang around. Um, but I don't know, I like the fact there's no shop here, but it could really, it could really do with a pub. Uh, but then a pub is just going to attract people. And I, I think one of the joys of living here uh, for people must be that no one comes here. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's a village for miserable old gits who don't like mankind. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. And um, there are times when I think that that's not such a bad thing. <laughs> Walking uh, now down uh, Manor Lane, I think, which leads, uh, looking now down on the map uh, into our grid, leads to the Manor House. Uh, there's a tennis court uh, on the edge of it, all, uh, all fenced off and looking very nice. The, the nets are up, so maybe someone's going to have a game today. Um, but the Manor House, uh, of course, is where... Well, it's, let's face it, it's where I belong. It's where I, I, I deserve to live. And, uh, Johnny, you would be perhaps in the servants' quarters from here, just uh, uh, <laughs> just, just on, the, on the edge. Well, it's interesting that villages like this have become known as being quite affluent places and places essentially where the rich live. But villages used to be a mix of people, and actually villages were generally lived in by kind of poorer people, you know, farm labourers and uh, manual workers, that kind of thing. So you do, you do wonder what happened to all those people i mean there are still farms out here there are still presumably farm laborers and i guess they've maybe been priced out of places like this by the the kind of wealthy affluent and i mean i my uh, my wife's mum lives in a village in in norfolk and it's very gradually become more and more gentrified over the years and people who actually work in the local area are very gradually being priced out of the area um, and they're going they're having to go and live in the cities and then bizarrely travel out of the city to go to work every day whereas the people who live out here then travel back into the city to go to work every day and you end up this weird thing where people are kind of being forced away from the the place that perhaps wants to be their natural home so i think we've uh, it's fair to say we've We've reached the manor house at the end of this road, which actually takes us out of the grid and then uh, coming back into the grid. And of all the places we've been uh, so far, uh, it, it has to be said that this uh, is, is really one of the most spectacular settings, uh, one of the most beautiful houses I've ever seen with a walled garden around it, uh, and grass, a uh, lovely strong private driveway. Um, and now there's a sign uh, with a cattle grid next to it saying private road keep out. And uh, do you know what? I'm not surprised. I, I don't. I'd really feel I don't. I wouldn't belong in there. What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna have to say it, it is. You know, a really attractive, visually attractive area. It does feel a little kind of unwelcoming. Um, a bit earlier on, when we were eating our sausage rolls and our pork pies, um, a lady came out of her house and was just kind of staring at us for a little bit, wondering. She seemed a bit suspicious. What What are those people doing? Um, yeah, actually, as we talk now, there's a fella uh, walking in his garden and he's looking out at us. And uh, yeah, it's, but it is, it is not the most common of things to see a fella holding a map, uh, talking into a microphone, and uh, a tall fella next to him w- with a camera. Do you think? I mean, it doesn't happen down your street every day, does it? Well, we've got a lot of students around our way, and a lot of them are media students, so actually, it does happen quite a lot, strangely. <laughs> there is another problem with these villages as well that's uh, becoming more and more apparent to me as we walk around it, and that's that there's no public toilets. And this is becoming a little more of a concern to me as, you know, the more time we spend here. Um, I'm not really sure what the solution is to that. Uh, well, 
We're in the countryside. Uh, there are hedgerows. Uh, but it, I suppose, uh, well, no, let's not get too vulgar. It, it, but it depends depends what kind of... No, no, no. We're not going to go there. I'm going to have to go somewhere. <laughs> so something now that, that there's, there's quite unusual. I don't think we, we've certainly not done this before. And this only happens when we, we come out to the country. And this is why I've, I'm going to enjoy all the ones we come out to the country, I think. And uh, we've opened uh, a fence and a gate here, and a public, public right-of-way. And Johnny, has, you've not put the rope back on the gate here, Johnny. Oh. Ah, dear me, honestly. These city boys, you're just not... You don't know the ways of the country, do you? Okay, so now we're on... Well, which must be someone's private property, someone's private field. Uh, but there's a public right-of-way, uh, which makes me feel very important. I've got a right-of-way through here, uh, and I've got a map in my hand, and for all intents and purposes, I'm looking like a rambler. Um, this was never meant to happen. Uh, but w- what we did there, what we've done is... Uh, by 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 going through that gate and looking through there, I think we've seen one of the, one of the, the the best things uh, since we started the program. Really, uh, we're out in in the middle of a field. It's a beautiful spring day. Uh, we're rambling, uh, <laughs> which which feels like something of a confession. Uh, but hey, if this is what it is, then then I'm going to be doing. We, we should be doing a whole lot more of it because uh, this is is just absolutely stunning. We, we we very nearly walked away from this and sort of said, no, let's not go through that gate. Let's go back and find the bikes. Let's go and do this. Um, but the whole thing about A to Z is that, that we, we, we you know walk through those gates and try and find areas of, of outstanding natural beauty. Um, but by no means you come here because uh, you, you'll ruin it. Uh, and that's right, that's right. I actually intended uh, to go walking out on, on, on that path uh, this last weekend, uh, but due to unforeseen circumstances, I had to go to Mansfield, of all places, which I think is the exact opposite of the, <laughs> that site of natural beauty uh, that we were walking on. But certainly in the next few weeks, uh, I'm going to uh, take uh, a couple of um, uninterested kids o- o- <laughs> over that path uh, just to see what we can find, uh, because I, I really like it. So, you know, it's a lovely escape, uh, which is certainly what's been needed uh, over the last week or so. Uh, so uh, your lack of countryside code as well is, is, is quite alarming, Johnny. Uh, I think we, I'm, I'm going to find a countryside code. And I'm going to make you read it for, before we go out uh, plotting more. Really? <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm, I've probably been a little bit hard on, on Burton, I guess. Um, it's not exactly a rich socio-economic mix down there, is it? But it's it's nice enough. I think what might be putting me off is the huge manicured lawns all those houses have got. Oh, they look great. Because well, I look at that and I just think that's a lot of work. You know, I've, in my house, I've got five square metres of, of grass, <laughs> and that was too much for me. I've had it astroturfed, so I don't have you to... Haven't. I have, genuinely, <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Plastic grass, yeah, that's the way forward, but okay. you can't afford to do that anymore. Do you, it's huge. Do you, would you have to hoover that? Um, no, you just kind of brush it over really? and hose it down when the dog does his business on it. Now. Okay, so enough of that. Uh, so uh, what about uh, fading in the sunlight? I mean, never mind Burton by Lincoln now. I mean, I'm absolutely intrigued uh, by your... <laughs> AstroTurf. Uh, so, what about yeah, faded sunlight? Tell me about that. It's looking all right at the moment. We get quite, you know, it's quite a sun trap our garden, and so far, mm-hmm. it's it's doing all right. Yeah, we've it, had it about two years. Two years. So, if it does ever get to the point where it's faded out, are you going to paint it or are you going to just replace it? Uh, yeah, I think I'll get some spray paint or something. I guess. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Now, another thing that we uh, we learnt about. Um, 
Burton by Lincoln is that uh, it holds a famous person. A famous person lives in Burton by Lincoln. When I first put up uh, on the Facebook page, or even on my own Facebook page, can't remember, someone said, uh, oh, yes, you know, someone someone off the telly lives there. And then there was someone, oh, is it Madge off Naves lives there? Is it that girl from EastEnders? No, 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 uh, it's not her. Uh, and then I think someone did point to the fact that um, Sue Hodge, who was uh, Mimi from Aloha Low, uh, actually uh, resides there. Um, now, we didn't go go chasing after her. Uh, we looked for a few windows, but we couldn't see her. Uh, but it did lead us to the question, and it's something we've been asking on Twitter uh, over the last, uh, well, week or so, and uh, we've had a very good response to it. So by all means, if you know or have met anyone famous in Lincoln, certainly within our A to Z uh, grid squares, uh, please, please let us know. Uh, we're going to be reading some out very shortly. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, okay, so we were, we were talking uh, before that track about uh, famous people and famous people that either have resided in Lincoln or have been spotted uh, in Lincoln. And we, we all love a bit of uh, celeb spotting uh, and you go a bit, uh, you get, it's something to get excited about. Uh, so we put out on Facebook and Twitter recently, who have you uh, seen or met and uh, certainly what were they like? Uh, we'll kick off here with uh, Rebecca Green, who uh, I made a coffee for the guy who played Adrian in Bread. I'm trying to think of his name. I was trying to think of his name a few minutes ago. Is it Jonathan? Something? Jonathan. But I, I, I kind of like it when people just say they were Adrian from Bread, you know. because like Jonathan Morris. That's it, Jonathan yeah, Morris. Of course, go. Jonathan Morris. Uh, and I passed MC Harvey in the reception of the Hilton. Uh, MC Harvey, is he, uh, is he a, a young uh, person from the pop Parade. I think he's yeah he's one of them you know them rappers on ah, off the top of the pops. Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, that's obviously very exciting. And last uh, Saturday, her sister saw mid year. Now we're talking uh, outside Marks and Spencer. I wonder if he bought anything. Excellent. Uh, Stephen Bennett says I've had my pig tuck with the little man from Austin Powers in the Tokyo nightclub. That's Vern Troy. Troy yeah, yeah, Vern of course, Troy. Vern Troy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he also says uh, Westlife at the city ground and uh, one of the lads from Blue. Uh, I'm not happy to say it though. No. He's slightly embarrassed about that. I would be too. I would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he knew we were going to read this out a yeah, while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But hey, That's Steve you, Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen. Stephen Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah from <laughs> hanging out with uh, the Stephen lads. Stephen Bennett likes Westlife. And Blue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, a uh, friend of the programme here, um, Roxanne and, uh, and Jamie McKay. So, uh, Roxanne said that the oldest sibling of the McKays, so that's Jamie, uh, met Paul Robinson. Now, I didn't know oh, this well. about Jamie. I can't wait to see him again. Uh, once from Neighbours. Now, I, you know, I think I'd be quite chuffed if I met Paul Robinson. What Stephen Dennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. he make you feel good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great yeah. record. Plenty of stories about that. And, mm. of course, uh, seen Sharon from EastEnders in Sainsbury's. Oh, and, and she says, who hasn't, of course, yeah. Uh, I think I've mentioned previously on the programme that I saw her outside uh, outside Morrison's. So she obviously goes shopping <laughs> a yeah. lot. Uh, not to the uh, boutiques or, or the Bailgate like uh, like you might imagine around Lincoln. No, no, she's uh, she's happy uh, just in the supermarkets. I think Morrison's is the shop of the stars because I once saw uh, Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee getting their shopping <laughs> in at Morrison's. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. You throw me read another one, will you? <laughs> And also, uh, Joanne Hart, <laughs> when Paul's calmed down, Sorry. Joanne Hart uh, says, uh, I saw Nasty Nick from Big Brother. Yeah, now, I, I, there's a couple of occasions I've seen uh, Nasty Nick from Big Brother. He was here, uh, I think he, he may or may not live here now. Uh, I don't know if you, hey, if you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> uh, but if uh, he was at the Theatre Royal and he was playing a, a bad guy in pantomime and, um, and he was... He was uh, Atrocious. He was. He, <laughs> really? he couldn't. Yeah, couldn't remember his lines, uh, and he, it was all just kind of one big, uh, big joke. You know, he was, he was kind of a. There was a novelty value around uh, Big Brother. Certainly, then it was you know, obviously the biggest thing around, yeah. uh, and he was nasty, uh, and he, he couldn't even play an evil guy. That's, that was his. <laughs> I mean, he was he was the bad guy in this, obviously, and he couldn't even play the bad guy properly, even though it was he was a nasty Nick. Well, if he's listening now, he's he's gonna be very hurt, I think. Possibly crying a little bit. Okay, well, well uh, you know, get in, get in touch. I'll, I'll defend myself. Actually, I mean, uh, 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 an old friend of mine uh, did 
berate him <laughs> a week or so later in a pub uh, when they saw him, you know, and, and told him that they really owed us the ticket money back. But uh, hey, uh, we don't encourage that kind of behaviour. I mean, it's one of these things, isn't it? If you see uh, if you see a celebrity on the street, so when you saw Paul Daniels and, and David McGee, I mean, you were probably quite a lot younger, were you? Yeah, yeah, I was very young, yeah. yeah. But do you, get, and you, you must remember, you get quite excited, don't you? I, I remember do, yeah. I, when I was living in Nottingham, I saw one of the guys from the League of Gentlemen and I was on my lunch hour and I just kind of wanted to follow him to see where he was going. <laughs> he went in the library. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I was going to do when I, <laughs> uh, when, when I got to him. Uh, he probably went in there trying to get away from his weird kid who was following him around. I think, I think you're right. Uh, okay, let's hit uh, a couple off Twitter. They, they, those last ones uh, were off uh, Facebook. Uh, now, One Armed Freddy, which is probably the best uh, twi- Twitter name I've seen, at One Armed Freddy, uh, I saw the Lethal Bizzle uh, and Tim Westwood in Nando's. Uh, now, I've met Tim Westwood. Uh, yeah, I, I, One of the few celebs I've met, and he is an absolute diamond. He's got such charisma and he's extremely tall he's extraordinarily tall you wouldn't believe it but his his, his charisma not always shown in his talent for radio presenting and I know that's very rich coming from me but but his charisma when off mic um, he made everyone in the in the room feel very very welcome we're down at radio one for the day Uh, and he was a really really nice guy and uh, just one final one from Twitter. Uh, Liam Sheenan says, I saw Abs from Five in Morrison's, and he's even on his uh, tweet, he's even written Five with the number Five. Oh, he has I-V-E. a That's That shows a real dedicated fan. Brilliant. That's uh, at Liam uh, Sheenan. Uh, how fantastic. Thank you very much for that. And Morrison's, obviously, uh, the place to go uh, for celeb spotting. Lincoln A to Z, J3. Uh, now, along our travels, uh, we're starting to meet some wonderful people who are very passionate about Lincoln and the place they live. One such chap is Phil Gresham, who is the creator of the website It's About Lincoln. And when we ask people to get in touch about our J3 grid, uh, Phil sends us a story that appeared in the Lincoln Gazette on the 2nd of April, 1864. We liked it so much, we asked Phil to come into the Siren FM studios and read it for us. Lincoln now... 1864 is not like the Lincoln of some 60 or 70 years ago. No railways were thought of, policemen were a scarce article, and highwaymen and footpads were plentiful. A long journey was a formidable affair, and a coach trip to London was an extraordinary occurrence. The family lawyer was often called in to make the testament of the excursionist, who almost despaired of seeing his own home again. Such a place was Lincoln. In the latter part of the 18th century, Among the numerous commercials who visited the ancient city was one old Jew, Abraham, who travelled with gold and silver articles. He supplied the majority of Lincoln silversmiths with their wares. For many years, the rich Jew had driven into Lincoln, done a good trade and reaped a large profit. It so happened that on one occasion, he inadvertently informed the landlord of an inn that he was nearly always his own banker. The landlord asked whether he was not afraid of being robbed. He carelessly replied, Why no, I carry firearms. Abraham went his usual round, and late in the autumn season, he left Lincoln, after 5pm, for Curtin Lindsay. If ever there was a place especially cut out for the perpetration of a dark deed, it was the cocked hat plantation at Burton. The plantation, in the form of a cocked hat, is on the eastern side of the road. It was a lonely, cheerless place in the daytime and it made the stoutest heart nervous at night. The convenient clumps of trees close upon the road secure just the nest for a highwayman. It is supposed that when Abraham arrived at the middle of this wood, he was fired at from behind, but was not struck. The shot was returned with the like effect. The footpad then came from his lurking place and grappled with the Jew. 
Just at this moment, the moon shone out brilliantly and the footpad shot him dead. The thief then took from the dead man all the gold coin he had in his possession. Some time afterwards, the body was found and carried to the city. In making a post-mortem examination, the surgeons thought that they could detect upon the dilated pupil of the eyes of the deceased a miniature likeness of a poor man who had long been what in police phraseology is called a suspected person. Rumour, with her many tongs, soon began to prattle and it was hinted that Long Tom was suspected. The inquest ended with a verdict of willful murder against some person or persons unknown, but strong suspicion attached to Long Tom. Some few months afterwards, the suspect changed a £10 note, and the old constable, although not very active, soon heard of this and was quickly at Long Tom's dwelling. A search was made of Long Tom's premises, and two other notes were found in his house. Long Tom was committed to Lincoln Castle. After his committal, many suspicious circumstances were brought forward against the prisoner, many of which would have equally held good against any other man. All these things were talked over at the smoke room of the inn where the Jew formerly put up. The landlord went so far as to say that he believed that on the very evening in question, Long Tom had asked him for change for a note of considerable amount for a leather dresser. Upon application to the well-to-do leather dresser, it was found that he had never authorised or sent out Long Tom for change. The case went to trial before Mr Justice Heath, who held that it was always better to hang an innocent man than let a guilty person escape. Long Tom emphatically denied ever having asked for change of the landlord. The trial ended in the jury returning a verdict of guilty, and Justice Heath sentenced the prisoner to be hung and then to be hung in chains where the murder was committed. The condemnation of the prisoner was the talk of the town for a time, and the landlord particularly expatiated upon the enormity of the prisoner's guilt. He added further that he hoped he should be one who would assist to drag his body to the gibbet post. Long Tom was publicly executed in front of an excited and furious populace. After hanging the usual time, he was cut down and then gibbeted at Burton. Time passed on. The execution of Long Tom had given way to fresh scenes of a similar character. The old city was prospering and its population increasing. The landlord had realised a fortune and was considered one of the wealthiest citizens of his time. The flourishing landlord, however, fell sick and in his delirium he made use of expressions tending to show that he had upon his mind some awful crime. Long Tom's name was mentioned. He requested that a magistrate be sent for, and before him he made the confession that he had shot the poor old Jew and concocted the story of Long Tom changing money at his inn on the night of the murder. Soon after this confession, the landlord died. State authorities took possession of his property, and his children were left homeless and begged their bread. Kind friends helped them from the city. The government, ever tardy a wrong committed, settled upon the widow of the unjustly executed Tom a handsome yearly pittance. The gibbet post was taken down and few people now living remember to have heard of the circumstances here related. To this day, many believe that the Jew mounts guard at the cocked hat plantation and that he may be seen with grizzly beard and hair dodging after a guilty figure supposed to be the landlord. 
No, our thanks to uh, Phil Gresham. And you can get involved with It's About Lincoln via Facebook and Twitter. And I also recommend visiting itsaboutlincoln.wordpress.com. And, of course, there'll be links uh, from our site, certainly on the J3 uh, grid square. Okay, just uh, time to squeeze in a couple more of your uh, famous people uh, that you've uh, met or seen around Lincoln. Uh, and one of my favourites here, this is uh, via Twitter, uh, at Francis Zyleftwich. Uh, this is, uh, I said hello to Eric Pollard from Emmerdale in the waterside years ago. He was in a rush and didn't seem to appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just see that, you can just visualise that image, can't you? I can. Uh, Rob Dre um, has tweeted uh, another Nasty Nick sighting, a lot of these around. Uh, nasty Nick from the early series a big brother on the first day I moved to Lincoln back in 2004 he's everywhere uh, he was in a hurry to get into House of Fraser but I did say hi and asked him if he was Nasty Nick off Big Brother which I'm sure he loved yeah. uh, and also uh, this is from Jim Bonnet uh, who says I walked past the uni about 10 years ago on my lunch and saw Gwyneth Paltrow making a film and incidentally that has some relevance to my question of Lincoln which is coming up after the news oh great stuff okay <laughs> so Gwyneth Paltrow now when I heard that Gwyneth Paltrow was coming to Lincoln uh, all those years back to make that film I was convinced I was going to meet her <laughs> and she was, she was going to run off away with me. Uh, honestly, absolutely convinced. Yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I must apologise to uh, all my family and friends listening uh, for that for that raw confession. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. A question of Lincoln. The Lincoln Cathedral bells, they're chiming a question of Lincoln and the, just here in the background there, the Siren FM choir just just warming up, just rehearsing, stretching the larynx. And uh, I think you can probably just hear Gav Roberts there, you can find here on Siren FM on Mondays and Tuesdays between 1 and 3 uh, on Siren 107.3, bringing you chart hits, classic tracks and, and bizarre stories from Lincoln and beyond. Good work, Gav. Good work. Okay, question of Lincoln time and uh, update on the, the latest scores. Latest scores just in. Uh, it's 6-2 uh, to Paul. Uh, Paul Tyler, that's me. Hello. And 6 to me and 2 to the producer, Johnny Hall. Hello, Johnny. Hello. Yes, I've got to really pull some out of the bag, haven't I? Um, uh, how's it going? What have you got for me this week? Come on. I'm, I'm not sure about this. Um, yeah, as, as mentioned earlier... Gwyneth Paltrow makes an appearance in this. Your uh, your fantasy girl, Gwyneth Paltrow. Used to be, used to be, not used anymore. Used to be, obviously not, no, no. no. Coldplay connection, think about it. Absolutely, oh yes, of course, yeah. Right, so here's my question for you, nice easy one. Uh, <laughs> in 1990, the author A.S. Byatt wrote an award-winning book <laughs> set in the then-fictitious Lincoln University. <gasps> it was later adapted into a film starring Gwyneth Paltrow, which was filmed at the now very real Lincoln University, the very same one we're sitting in right now. Okay, okay. But what was the title of both the book and the film? Was it A, Mm -hmm. Persuasion, B, Passion, Mm -hmm. or C, Possession? Ten seconds start now. Do you know, you said that last one, I thought I knew it, I thought I knew it. And of course, you know, we used to host a reading room, Johnny. We should know all about books and things, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, well, we hosted a programme about it, but Persuasion. Oh, oh, fantastic. At last I get a point. What yep. was it? It was Possession. Of course it was Possession. Of course it was. Persuasion is you know another rather famous book. I don't think someone would have called their book Possession. There are, <laughs> I think if we take a walk, not ten yards through there, through that corridor here mm. uh, at the University of Lincoln, uh, where Siren FM is based, I think we'll find a poster for that particular really? film. And I must have walked past it 20 or 30 times up those stairs. Yeah, I'll show you later. Hiding oh. in plain sight. 
Right. Okay, here goes. Uh, your question, uh, Johnny Lee Hall. Okay. Um, okay. Just outside. And see, I'm being all relevant. You remember how we started? I was doing all the celebrity stuff and uh, and you were doing the serious stuff. Now, now, now get me, right? <laughs> I veered away from those dizzy heights. <laughs> Just out of our J3 grid is St. Vincent Church. Perfect music. And according to genukai.org.uk, the church seats how many people? Oh, what sort of question? How am I supposed to know that? It's a perfect question, John. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. You're taking it far too seriously. It was, is it A, 130 seats, B, 110 seats, or C, 145 seats? Uh, oh, <laughs> the, the, the temptations always go through the middle one, isn't it? Middle for uh, middle. Hmm. 100 and... What, what was the first one again? I've got to rush you. Now, the first one was 130. I'm going to go for 130. You're correct. Yes. This has been a very, very good week for me. Very productive. So what does that do to the scores? Bearing in mind we've never really conceded exactly how we're going to score this. Yeah. Um, does that give you two points or just one point for the day? Or oh, what? no, no, no. I, I, I get one more point this week. So whatever I was on before, I've got one more now. Is that it? Yeah. It feels like you should get two. Like, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll have two, yeah. I'll be okay. honest. I'll I, feel, have two. I feel generous. Okay, I'll have two. So where are we now? 6-4. Six, 6-4 four. Six, four in the series of A Question <laughs> of Lincoln. Uh, stay tuned uh, for another next week. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. And uh, it's time now to uh, see what object we've chosen from our grid, J3, where we're visiting Burton by Lincoln, uh, to display at our exhibition at the collection in December 2014. We're always looking around for objects, uh, which is, is, is... I wish I'd never come up with the idea sometimes of objects because it ruins some, some of these grid visits we do because we always end up looking around uh, and trying to find uh, objects that we're going to display in our exhibition. It's, it's, there's not a great area or, 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 or something to... Anything to take things from, really. You know, there's no, like Johnny says, there's no pub, so we can't go for a pint and nick a beer mat or something like that. Uh, but what I've just grabbed uh, from a piece of barbed wire, and uh, really I think what sums up this area uh, for the countryside um, is some sheep's wool. Uh, and I've got, I've got it in my hand now. And it's just, it's absolutely, it's really nice. It's uh, Put that in your hand, Johnny, put that in your hand. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is, if we don't get a Sony for this, I don't know what we will. Um, doesn't it feel lovely? It is nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, oh, I don't know what to say about that. It's, 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 yeah. it's like the softest thing I've ever. Oh, oh, that's lovely. And and it is. I mean, it's just like touching a cloud, right? And I, I got I got home after that visit, and uh, I took it in the house. Hey, hey, look what I've got! Look what I've got! And my wife is like, "Get that out of the house! Get it out! Get it out!" She's really paranoid that it's going to be infected with something. Probably is. Probably very wise that she says that. Um, but, but I was just like, "Look at this!" Uh, and uh, still am. And now uh, it's hidden away uh, in a box in the garage, along with all the other uh, A to Z. Uh, objects uh, that will be displayed at the collection in December 2014 uh, as, as part of Lincoln Inspired. Lincoln A to Z. Right, OK. Now, uh, we add some mystique uh, to our grid with Treff. J3, Griffinwood. Warning, Griffin's nesting. Entry to this wood is at your own risk. The Department of Magic recommends that only groups accompanied by a certified magical creature expert proceed beyond this point. Whilst under normal circumstances, griffins are known to be harmless, they are fiercely protective of their young and may attack anyone coming within 100 yards of a nest. Under no circumstances should anyone enter during the hours of darkness. 
Uh, there we go. There's uh, there, there's Treff, and he's obviously been inspired there by uh, by looking at the uh, Lincoln A to Z map uh, and seeing that there's a place called Griffinwood there, and and taking it in, uh, in in a different direction, which is great because it's not just Johnny and I fawning or arguing over uh, whether we like the village or not. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Just coming up to uh, the end of the program now. Thanks to everyone who got involved, and certainly anyone uh, over the last week or so who's got involved with uh, famous Lincoln uh, hashtag famous Lincoln. If you're on Twitter and uh, find us on Facebook, Johnny, uh, a couple more before we go. Can at can do underscore ICT says I saw Tosh from the Bill many many years ago. That's Kevin Lloyd, I think his name. Was. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah that's Quite, that's an MV, isn't it? He's a real character he was, wasn't he? He was. Fantastic. Uh, okay, now, uh, probably the last one for, for, for tonight, and we'll finish off with this because it's, it's fantastic. Uh, James Hart, who we know uh, to be a taxi driver, and we also uh, know uh, he got involved with the Avenue. Remember, he was the one who stole the bus ah, right, uh, right. on the Avenue. Uh, Mike Skinner, uh, which is it's fantastic. Oh, totally. Mike Skinner, John Inverdale, Norman Whiteside, Lou Beale off EastEnders, uh, Sue Pollard, hey, who hasn't seen Sue Pollard, uh, The Queen, <laughs> The Queen, <laughs> Mark Boland, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, but, but best of the bunch by a country mile was Dave Gorman. Uh, so he's met all these people, but then uh, his daughter just below that on Facebook says, spot the taxi driver. Of course he's a cabbie. Look who I had in the back of my cab this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I assume this wasn't all in one day. I was going to say, well, I don't think he had the Queen in the back of his cab. No, surely not. She's got her own transport, you'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she wouldn't put up with uh, his wafflings anyway. No, no. Lincoln A to Z. Thanks for listening to the Lincoln A to Z podcast. Do you know anything about this or any of our other 52 grids? If so, we'd love to hear from you. LincolnA-Z.co.uk has all the information and contact details you'll need. And don't forget the live Lincoln A-Z show is on Siren FM Monday nights from 9.00.